You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey there, Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Todd Yuri here. Before you listen to the latest podcast, I want to tell you about the Avedum Health Podcast Series. Avedum Health identifies unmet needs and addresses them in a way nobody has with a portfolio of advanced safe product solutions across a broad range of health and wellness areas, including a well-known product that has supported the Pharmacy Podcast Network for some time for your patients suffering with restless leg syndrome and muscle cramps, TheraWorks Relief. I use this myself. The Avedum Health Podcast Series is a three-part series. Find it on Google by searching Avedum, spelled A-V-A-D-I-M, Avedum, and search Avedum Health Podcast. It's a really interesting discussion on non-opioid pain relief, which we all know we need more long-term non-opioid pain relief solutions. Check it out, and remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts to the Pharmacy Podcast Network's entire library of content and thank you for listening to the pharmacy podcast welcome to the pharmacy podcast nation i am your host and founder of the pharmacy podcast network todd yuri the pharmacy podcast nation is a collection of news podcast reviews, and discussions about our complex healthcare system and how pharmacists are more important today than ever before. Since 2009, the Pharmacy Podcast has collected over 750 episodes from more than 30 participating pharmacist podcasters. This publication is dedicated to all pharmacists and pharmacy technicians working every day to deliver the best patient care. Find out more by visiting PharmacyPodcast.com. And now, here's your Pharmacy Podcast Nation. Hey, this is Todd Yuri, founder of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I am at the WPE 2019, the Western Pharmacy Exchange in Los Angeles. I had to come to the West Coast because I realized... I just don't have as many listeners on the West Coast as I do the East Coast. And I'm here with Mr. Carl Hess, editor, Journal of Contemporary Pharmacy Practice. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you. And we got to get you some more listeners on this side of the, uh, this is the best best coast of the country. <laughs> the best coast. So I we have about a collective over 10 years, about 75,000 active listeners, which is great in the field of pharmacy. But... The Pharmacy Podcast Network is starting to be very collaborative, so we're starting to move into working with nurse practitioners and pharmacy assistants and physicians and specialists, and we want pharmacists to follow suit, as they should. Mm -hmm. We're moving from a uh, prescription-based, transactional-based entity to value-based, and collaboration is extremely important. This publication is... So what interests me the most for this expo is starting to network with organizations and people on the west coast and understanding what might be different however what might also be the same and then bringing that back to the east coast and Mm -hmm. mixing that together through the pharmacy podcast network so this interview is very important to us so i want you to set the stage tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do in the pharmacy space 
And then also the first question I'm going to ask you is, what is the state of pharmacy today? All right, so uh, my name is, is Dr. Carl Hess and I've been a pharmacy educator for about 15 years. Uh, I did a pharmacy residency at the University of Southern California and, and really took to teaching. Uh, I found that to be so rewarding to see the light bulb come on on the student's face and they finally understand a concept. And so I've, I've been at it ever since and that's really been my role. I see education as so valuable in you know, changing the profession of pharmacy, advancing it forward. Um, when I was a resident, I often thought to myself, well, you know, I, I could go into practice for myself and, you know, have a great practice, impact my patients. But to really amplify that, I think it's best to go into the, the educational setting, you know, speak to 100 plus whatever students uh, and get them excited about making changes, get them motivated about advancing the profession of pharmacy forward. There's a lot of interest in pharmacy. There's a lot of money in pharmacy. Uh, and so there's a lot of people uh, both within and outside the profession that have an interest in what we do. Um, but it's us as pharmacists that really need to be shaping our own direction and getting involved in, in advocacy and pushing forward and, and you know, pushing for the changes in practice that we want to see happen so that we can practice at the top of our license. And that's what I do as an educator. I'm currently at the Keck Graduate Institute School of Pharmacy and Health Sciences. I love it there. Very forward-thinking institution, thinking about not just what pharmacy is today or tomorrow, but where it's going to be in five, ten years, looking for opportunities uh, to place students, uh, graduates, into uh, non-traditional or emerging areas of practice like clinical trials and, and regulatory affairs or health information technology. So this is really forward thinking. This is where I think the profession needs to be heading. So KGI and myself is a fantastic fit. Uh, innovative practice uh, and and for myself as a practitioner I practice in the area of travel health and medicine so my responsibility is to counsel patients on travels that they're going you know if they're going overseas to Africa or southeastern Asia what are the health risks that they're going to likely experience what medications do they need what vaccines what counseling and education do they need uh, in order to stay healthy enjoy their trip and come back home safe and so I, I tend to live very vicariously through my patients because the irony in my life with practice is I stay put and talk to people about where they're traveling, but I rarely travel myself. And, um, but it's a fantastic, rewarding, you know, innovative service uh, that I'm happy to help uh, uh, advance the profession forward in that regard. It's interesting when you travel, even as something as simple as Pittsburgh to Los Angeles, there's an education in and of itself when you go to other sectors of our country and then even bigger opportunities to learn when you go to other sectors of the world. Mm -hmm. So when I see pharmacy students embracing the opportunities to go overseas and see what third world countries and or another uh, area of the world that doesn't have the type of healthcare accessibility that we have here in the United States, that is an impact on their lives that will change the trajectory of what they do forever. Most certainly, most certainly. So I think that's amazing. I want to take a step back because of the remedialness of kind of my classification of pharmacy. I've kind of invented these five buckets and I need to add some buckets because I'm missing something just okay. in based of what you just said, Carl. Mm -hmm. Number one, community pharmacy. Number two, long-term care, senior care. 
um, uh, institutional care. Number three, hospital setting. Number four, specialty. And number five, compounding. Mm -hmm. Now, in listening to what you said, there's other pieces of pharmacy. There's informatics in pharmacy. Informatics covering uh, the world of big data and technology and, and pharmacogenomics and things that can happen there. What other, if I'm listening to this show, I'm a pharmacy student, I'm thinking, what are, where do I want to fit in? What am I interested in? Help me round out those buckets. I mean, really, pharmacy is such a versatile degree uh, these days um, that you can practice in any one of a number of settings. So, you know, you had mentioned community pharmacy and hospital and things like that. And those are certainly still needed areas for pharmacists to practice in, and, and we won't move away from there. Um, but the profession is so dynamic and changing and new medications are being added. We're talking now about pharmacogenomics and genetics and personalized medicine, right. you know, whereas before it's a one dose fits all sort of thing. Now we're going to personalize it based upon your uh, pharmacogenomic profile and maybe the enzymes that you, you have more of or less of or how you would metabolize or, or process a medication. Uh, so students, you know, they're entering a world that is so vastly expansive. The, the sky's really the limit, and you know, really, we're we're almost at a stage where you know the the best job the is kind of the one that you in, in invent for yourself and going out into uh, those areas and, and pushing the envelope, whether it's information technology or going into uh, the pharmaceutical industry or, or working uh, uh, with geneticists to uh, dose medications appropriately. Medicines are changing, uh, how we think about dosing, how we think about managing patient care is really changing uh, the dynamic of, 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 of everything. And so certainly those specialty areas in and of themselves students can go into, um, but also just in the community practice themselves, you know, m something like the entire population of the United States walks through a community pharmacy on a given week. So there's so much impact and access that the community pharmacist can have. Um, and, and the community pharmacist not just being the, the person that dispenses the medication, but truly is the individual that takes care of that community. Um, so we're seeing you know, more testing services being incorporated in the community setting, uh, more patient care services, medication therapy management, providing that personal touch, personalized care. Um, so it's a good time to be a student, um, you know, thinking about ways to push and expand the, the practice further. So I was talking to Dr. Deanna Allen, who's pharmacist in charge for IV Med Service. It's a business that she started, and this is um, going into homes and being a <coughs> pharmacist expert in home infusion for patients who have come out of the hospital system, extremely expensive to be in the hospital system. Obviously, we um, all would, would much rather be healing at home um, and she's actually this expert in helping nurses and those organizations that go into the home to manage the IV world. That was fascinating to me. And mm -hmm. she says that's a niche. And, and community and hospital setting, which that's the biggest setting of all of pharmacy from a numbers perspective. Yes. But inside those sectors, you could start breaking them down into these verticals where you could be a pain management pharmacist. There's a gentleman named Dr. Jeffrey Feudin, who's known as the pain doc, and he's a pharmacist, specializes in pain management. And he's very opioid um, epidemic sensitive to what's happened to the world of pain management. 
So if you're listening to this uh, podcast and you're a pharmacist, there are so many splinters of each of the sectors of pharmacy that you could really dig into and become an expert. What I'd like to encourage the pharmacy students to do, uh, start today, is start documenting your passions. Start documenting what you're working on through a blog, through a podcast, through a diary, something so that you can work on it, so that you can really craft that expertise and that vertical and kind of unifying who you're working with reaching out to that physician, reaching out to that nurse practitioner, reaching out to that specialist, somebody in the hospital system, somebody in community pharmacy, regardless, make a name for yourself by really honing into that niche. Definitely. And I'm always wondering what you uh, encourage students to do. I, I encourage students to follow their passions um, and really look for those opportunities. Uh, you know, 21st century, you know, healthcare, you know, we have some issues, we have some gaps. We need to consider how best to fix our healthcare system and what the roles of, of all of us, physicians, nurse practitioners, pharmacists and the like, how we can all play a role, how we can all work together. But looking for those opportunities, if there's a gap in how care is provided or if you see that care isn't being provided or patients are being left out uh, for one reason or another, you know, think outside the box, think about how you can fix that problem for yourself and that's going to be the most rewarding thing um, I, I think for a lot of people is you know seeing a problem and not looking at it as so much as a problem looking at it as an opportunity to improve patient care advance our, our profession forward uh, and and really demonstrate and work with uh, the other professions this is what pharmacy adds to the table um, and the degree is so versatile that you know going into ambulatory care you can do this community you can do this non-traditional pathways you can do this sky's really the limit so I would encourage students to think about what those gaps are don't see them as problems see them as opportunities and try to figure out a fix for that uh, make a niche for yourself so you know lead rather than uh, follow in someone else's footsteps so if reflecting back on yourself Carl you've formed a reputation of quality as an editor of a publication so share us a little bit about that Yes, so I am currently the editor-in-chief for the Journal of Contemporary Pharmacy Practice. Uh, this is the California Pharmacists Association's uh, publication. For many, many years, uh, decades I believe, um, CPHA, California Pharmacists Association, has had its own statewide journal called the California Pharmacist Journal. And that was a fantastic journal. It looked at real practical issues focused in on California to serve the, the members of this association. And that's great, but we saw a need, we saw an opportunity, the changing climate, to really push the envelope a little bit further and rebrand the journal into something larger, taking it to uh, a national focus. So uh, the association held a contest with all the schools to help rebrand and change the name of the journal to kind of launch it on the national scene. And so we went from California Pharmacist Journal to the Journal of Contemporary Pharmacy Practice, I believe in September of 2017. Uh, and so that almost instantaneously opened up the, the, the gates for people all throughout the country uh, to contribute to and share ideas. The journal is all about not only you know keeping you know true to what California Pharmacist Journal was, which was uh, a, a journal for the practitioner, but taking you know the research, the reviews, the the case series, the the case reports, um, 
and, and providing them to our practitioners as something usable that they can use in practice, uh, learn from, uh, and, and really share uh, research, share best practices. Uh, to again, this is another avenue for uh, advancing the profession forward. So we really like to showcase, you know, new, innovative, original research, unique reviews, uh, case reports of interesting patient uh, presentations. You know, how am I going to manage this type of patient if I get this type of patient in my practice? Giving people the heads up and really trying to be uh, at the forefront of where the practice of pharmacy is to best inform and educate our readership uh, and the nation. So let me ask you a question, Carl. How hard was it to sit down in, um, in podcast with me right now? From a scale from one to 10, one being easy and 10 being? I mean, this is, this is you know, straightforward, fairly simple. It's, it's great to have a conversation, really get the message out. Um, you know, and this is stuff that, you know, I've been living and breathing and doing, and especially with the journal working with a fantastic team of, of you know, members of our advisory board, our associate editors, the uh, association staff, um, you know, working together, you know, it takes a village, but it's much easier to get things done. So, you know, this is just something we've all been doing, and I'm very happy to be sharing my experiences and the, the journey along the way. So that was a loaded question. Okay. The CPHA has joined the Pharmacy Podcast Network, so the reason why I asked you that question is I want the students to realize, I want you to realize as an editor, that you can take any content whatsoever, sit down with a student, sit down with another pharmacist, sit down with a physician, take the same content that you just edited, you just released, you just wrote about, and turn it into a discussion, and deliver that discussion back to the CPHA as a podcast episode yes. because now you're empowered by this network that is the largest network of podcast content on the planet with regards to podcasting so that's in your hands now you're able to do whatever you want you have editorial rights you can you can talk about whatever you want we're under the we're on on the understanding that it'll be based on something that you've already researched so if you're looking at an article that you did some took some time to write and you actually discuss that that can expand and bring back other people throughout the nation oh yeah even possibly even the world <laughs> uh, back to the the publication so I want to encourage you to actually leverage that yeah no that's 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 great advice and thank you for the encouragement um, you know we you know the journal the association really look at podcasting as, as kind of the next step we want to broaden the conversation um, you know certainly we put stuff out in print it goes online ahead of print and that's fantastic um, but you know this is kind of the the next step to really start the discussion and, and increase the discussion amplify it um, so that others can benefit from the work that people submit the research that they do um, and really seeing truly the value and the importance of of that work to again uh, help improve practice well, I'm excited that the CPHA has joined. I am um, so glad that we attended the, the WPE. You're the first interview of this new series that's featuring the uh, Western Pharmacy Exchange 2019. And Carl, I just wanted to thank you for being part of it. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast to sit down and talk a little bit about my path, the journal, and what we're trying to do moving forward to uh, advance our profession. Thank you, Carl. Thank you so much. Hey, we're here at the WPE 2019 in Los Angeles, the Western Pharmacy Exchange 2019. 
an old friend of mine stopped by. I shouldn't say old. I should say, what's the good, what's the way of saying, instead of saying old friend? You're not an old friend, Michelle. Not an old friend, just a seasoned friend. A seasoned friend. A veteran friend, right? Michelle Sherman, how are you? I'm great, Todd. Hey, you've been on the show before, but we haven't had you in a while. I want the listeners to understand a little bit about you. Give us some background into who Michelle Sherman is and um, also the value that you feel the CPHA brings to the pharmacy profession as well. Oh, absolutely. Firstly, welcome to California. Thank you. you I, I it's my first time. I can meet you in my hood this time. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, I'm an HIV pharmacist and president of MeshRx Pharmacist Consulting Services. Um, been taking care of HIV patients for the last 30 years and also been very active with the California Pharmacists Association for many, many years. Way back when, when way before we became seasoned friends, I was actually president of the Orange County Pharmacists Association. So I've been very involved with that because I feel that it's absolutely critical, especially in today's um, healthcare environment, that pharmacists have to be activists and they have to have their voices heard because if our voices don't get heard, we will get trampled on by everybody else. And As you have. The, the California yep. Pharmacists Association is extraordinary in going to bat for pharmacists every single day. You mentioned a bill that you guys are working on right now. Can you kind of give us some insight to that? Yeah, right now, um, SB 159 is in the California legislature. Um, on um, April 24th, it's going to be going to the health committee. Um, this is a bill that was introduced by Senator Scott Weiner from San Francisco. And it's a bill that would enable pharmacists to furnish PrEP and PEP. And I think this is a very important bill. So in California, pharmacists are recognized as healthcare providers. Yes. And there's several diseased, um, several drugs that could be furnished. One of them's naloxone, birth control pills, smoking cessation products. Patients can just go to the pharmacy and pharmacists that have been trained can take care of those patients and provide those products. So this SB 159 will allow pharmacists to be able to give PrEP which is pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is giving patients, right now we we have one drug that's approved, that's Truvada, giving them Truvada to prevent them from getting HIV infection. So it's an extraordinary extraordinary public health measure. There are not nearly enough patients or people that are at risk for getting HIV that are on PrEP. So this would really help because pharmacists are extremely accessible. Um, I've had absolute horror stories of patients who actually actively seek PrEP out from their physicians and they deter them, they look at the patients with a lot of judgment Mm. and try to dissuade them from going on PrEP. So when someone's really actually eager to do that and then they denied it by their provider, this really provides a base where patients can be counseled, educated. There's a lot of work that that's involved because you have to make sure the patients aren't HIV positive to start off with so you have to do HIV testing but it would it's an extraordinary bill that will really allow access and um, patients to get on PrEP the other side of it is PEP which is post exposure prophylaxis okay so somebody who thinks they've been exposed to HIV example like if a condom breaks or Uh, We see it a lot with um, sexual assault and rape victims where they find out that um, the perpetrator is HIV positive. 
they have to get on post-exposure prophylaxis for 30 days, but within 72 hours of that exposure. Wow. And again, you run into a lot of judgment, stigma, and all these things. So somebody who's in that stressed out mode right there, who might have been assaulted or fearful they're going to get HIV, then has to deal with the medical establishment making judgments on them. So for pharmacists to be able to provide that PEP is, is also a big thing. So this is a very important bill that's really supported clearly by uh, one of the sponsors, which is the California Pharmacists Association, but you know the American Academy of HIV Medicine and the San Francisco AIDS Foundation, the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Center. There's a whole list of like supporters of this bill. So very, very important for pharmacists and for public health in California. The stigma that you're talking about I experienced that in the world of opioid usage disorder. The same stigma that physicians, sometimes nurses, will kind of give off to the patient, where pharmacists just seem like they tend to be, and maybe not in all cases, but in, in my travels, they've been so much more empathetic to the patient, especially when we're coaching those pharmacists to understand the disease state, in this case OUD, opioid usage disorder, and then backing that up with a pharmacist to look deeper into the patient's life and finding that patients have comorbid situations where they're, they're dealing with two different chronic disease states, um, HIV even being one of them. We have, we have patients throughout the country through uh, the organization that I work with called New Season. We have 80 centers throughout the country, and many of those patients are hep C sufferers or HIV sufferers or something else and that's it's coupling and, and it's compounding the, the, the deterrent to stay on treatment and be compliant with treatment and when we insert a pharmacist we're seeing so many better outcomes from a longevity of their patient care and their treatment so I like I like that road that you're traveling because I think that HIV and the stigma and what the patient goes through and the stress is very similar to that world of opioid usage disorder. Oh, absolutely. And there's a lot of crossover too, as, right. as you mentioned. Yeah, it's, it's huge. So um, you and I have been friends for a while. You've been following the Pharmacy Podcast for a while. You've been on the show back in the day. I heard a, a rumor that you're actually coming up with the podcast. Right. And I'd be <laughs> so happy to announce it on, on your show and... Um, hopefully be part of like the pharmacy pod podcast network too so my podcast it's called the conscious pharmacist okay. podcast um, uh, uh, I called it that because that's very dear to me in the work that I do with with my patients is being conscious every time in, I'm in front of a patient I don't look at my phone I, my mind doesn't wander I give that patient 100% attention I'm fully conscious and fully aware when I'm with that person Okay. And um, like I mentioned to you earlier, uh, it ties into my um, chronic care management and um, MTM program, the Ubuntu Pharmacist Care Program that I've developed. So what I know about you, Michelle, is the passion that you bring, the sincerity that you bring, um, your, your attention to the HIV patient. But something else that you do, I want listeners to understand, is you coach pharmacists to understanding how to coach patients and you actually take what Michelle Sherman's done and you create other armies of, of pharmacists so let's talk about that for a second is that still an initiative that you're heading oh absolutely and 
Um, as, as, as you know, like technology is one of my passions too. Yes. And I can only like affect so many patients. And the more pharmacists that get into HIV and I can, I can help educate taking care of patients like across the country makes, makes a, a big difference. So I actually have my online um, learning academy. It's called the Ubuntu Care Academy, okay. where I offer courses and CE programs for pharmacists and technicians to be able to learn more about HIV and um, to get CE as well. So in the show notes, let's put some of these links so that pharmacists can go back to those links and reach out to you for more information on that. You're not a novice to content development. You've been doing content development for years. As a matter of fact, you have something called the Monday Mantra Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Yeah, I developed Misha's Monday Mantra many years ago. I w- you know what, when was when was that tsunami in, in Japan? Was it 2008? I think it was. You know what, I stood on the beach in Laguna Beach and recorded my first podcast, I think, the day after that tsunami. Wow. So That's I've been, been doing time. it ever since then. So I have hundreds of them. Um, I, I really tied it initially into uh, my patient website, HIVthrive.com, but it's really for everybody. It's called Mish's Monday Mantra, and it's just a little bit of inspiration um, that we can listen to in the day when we, we, especially for pharmacists, when we're standing in the pharmacy all stressed out, getting negative reimbursements, right. just hearing something like enlightening, just it like feeds the soul it just makes you feel better just for for that little bit so um those are i have a youtube channel it's misha's monday mantra um on on youtube and it's also on my um hiv thrive website why do you think it's important to be a pharmacist that puts out content content is everything in this day and age uh, that we live in People are looking at their phones like every second. I'm right. sitting here and, and my phone's like right in front of my face. We do everything on our phones, on, on digitally. Even this extraordinary conference this year is very high tech yes. and very digitized, which I, re- I really like. And for pharmacists, for us to stand out from the crowd, especially those innovators out there, somebody who's fearless and when you think about what you want to do, if you think it, you can do it. So right. don't anybody out there think that you have to be like all Perfect. nervous about stepping out from behind that counter. You can create your own, I mean, just a Facebook page, an Instagram, um, LinkedIn, just those basic things. And then with websites, everything is, is in motion. It's like a totally fluid thing. That's why I eventually started my podcast something that you and I have been talking about right. for, for years, for years. but right. it's to get that content out there and when you get one piece out it can be you know changed it can be transcribed it can go on my, my website and my blog and and get out there because the more people I can reach the more pe- pharmacists and HIV patients I can help I have to tell us, is it okay if I talk about you for a second since we're here? I have to tell a story to the listeners. So one of the f- most favorite articles I've ever read about you was when you were on the cover of Pharmacy Marketing Quarterly. Our friend Scott Maitland who uh-huh. put that out, which I missed that magazine, by the way. So, Scott, you're probably not listening to this, but I'm giving you a shout out. Um, you were on the cover of that, and you were a mountain biker. 
Are you still mountain biking? So it, it was my road bike, actually. Okay. So I, I, I really got into to road biking, and I loved it. it. It was like a complete meditation when I was on my bike. And I actually rode on two California... At, at that time, it was the California AIDS ride, which is now the AIDS life cycle, okay. which is a bike ride from San Francisco to L.A., so anybody out there who thinks it's downhill all the way from San Francisco <laughs> to LA, I'm here to tell you that is a lie. <laughs> that is a lie. It's uphill all the way. Oh. Anyway, I did that and then I was on the crew like three times. So I did it all in all five times. So yeah, I, it, it was like my way of meditating. <laughs> right. But actually I got rid of my bikes. Oh. You know, I, I, I ride like in the gym or on a peloton, but I don't ride, ride outdoors anymore okay. because once we got our wonderful smartphones and everything and people realized that it was much better to text while they're <laughs> driving, I thought it was too risky because it's, you know, so many friends that I have know people that have been killed on the bikes Jeez. that I, I just gave my bike away. Right. Well, that's interesting, but I, I really enjoyed that. I've always enjoyed you. You're one of the most sincere people in the industry that I trust. Just based on your consistency, you've been doing this for forever and it makes sense. But it's also, what I also like about what you're doing, Michelle, is you're evolving. You're not standing still. So you're, in, you're enveloping technology. Tell me about a little bit of the technology that you've employed. Yeah, and you know what, you just, you just nailed it. I mean, I graduated from pharmacy school in South Africa like a while ago. <laughs> and I, I was just saying this the other day that if I'm not learning something new every day, I have to check, you have to check and see if you're dead because the only way to evolve is to learn. Right. And as pharmacists and this changing healthcare landscape, there are many people who think like the world is coming to an end, but I see like extraordinary opportunities for us. So you have to evolve and just have to adapt, you know, the way you're doing it. So the way I'm expanding my practice is I got my advanced practice license here in the state of California. And um, I have my Ubuntu Pharmacist Care Program, which is my chronic care medication therapy management program. So while I work directly with patients in clinics, I'm expanding that into a telehealth platform because my goal would to be to provide my care and have trained pharmacists providing my type of care in HIV clinics across the country or in pharmacies awesome. across the country where somebody might be too afraid um, to go into their pharmacy to talk about their HIV meds because there's still so much stigma. But right. through this program, they'll be able to do that and get the care and ultimately the healthcare outcomes. Nobody affects healthcare outcomes like pharmacists do. Absolutely. Well, Michelle, we're excited about you uh, in your podcast, but we're also excited that you might be joining the network. So that's going to be pretty exciting in itself and long awaited. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.